0: My title today is The Magi and Jesus. By the way, we're excited about our kids, our son-in-law BJ and Melody leading worship with Worship Nation next week. It's going to be a great Sunday morning. And tomorrow, we showed you there, we've created an acoustic worship set with Worship Nation. And I preach a little uh, 15-minute message uh, about Jesus. And you can turn it on at 10 a.m. in your home and um, just um, add a great environment to your celebration of Christmas. The Magi and Jesus, a um, couple important um, points. I've waited 365 days to post this. I'm going to post this later. Twas the nizzle before Christmasle. All through the hizzle. Sorry. Ask your kids what's going on. What is a vegan's favorite Christmas carol? Soy to the world. How does the snow globe feel this year? A little shaken. Why do reindeer like Beyonce so much? She slays. What do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rude off. What's the best present you can give for Christmas? A broken drum. Nobody beats that. (laughs) Okay, that's the best I got. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew is the only gospel writer that captures this moment of the birth season of Christ, and it is spectacular. We want to talk about it a little bit. Verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, the Greek word is magi, magi from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ, the Messiah of the Jewish people, was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the Magi to him, determined from them what time the star appeared. When did they first see that star? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Of course, Herod killed every two-year-old and younger male child in Bethlehem. He was a murderous monster. And when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young child where the young child was. And when they saw the star, the magi rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they come into the house, not a manger, not the same situation. When they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And when they would opened their treasures, they presented gifts to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Lord, we thank you for your word. Jesus is the living word, and every page, every verse of scripture reveals Jesus. Reveal Jesus today, Holy Spirit. Anoint your servant, your word, and your people. Let those that don't know Jesus come to him today. Let those that have been heavy laden be touched and come into your rest. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is an important story for so many reasons, and we'll talk about it. Jesus is no longer in Bethlehem, he has moved to Nazareth, where he was raised up, and they have a house there. Jesus is now two years old. He's not a baby in swaddling clothes. He's a terrific toddler. So he's walking, he's talking, he's laying hands on sheep. He is doing toddler-like things. And the Magi came there. The star had moved from Bethlehem, now it's over Nazareth. And not only there, but over the house. So the Magi, um, there weren't three guys on camels carrying little boxes of gifts for Christ. Here's what the Magi are: uh, the Magi were elite, powerful, fabulously wealthy group of high-ranking priests who were devoted to interpreting dreams and studying the constellations, the heavens. In fact, magi gained an international reputation for being experts at studying constellations, which was regarded as science at that time. Thus they, they, thus they were a combination of scientists, politicians, and religious leaders who were all staggeringly wealthy. The closest thing that we could have in our present time would be billionaires, except billionaires may have a couple of these categories, but they would be lacking in the priestly part of it the spiritual part of it magi possessed as much might and political clout that if they chose to do so and if they agreed to do it as a group they had the ability to depose a king with a single word or with a single word they could install a new king out of their preference indeed they were viewed as king makers in eastern lands without their endorsement it would have been difficult for anyone to become or remain a king so these were the most important men in the East. They were the makers of destinies. They were the makers of kings. And they were incredibly wealthy. And so, you know, our, our remember the song, We Three Kings, they weren't kings, they were above kings, they were the makers of kings. There wasn't three of them, we don't know. Somewhere between three and 12 is what we think. Now, this group of people, were traveling about a thousand miles depending on exactly where they came from it was either a thousand or twelve hundred miles so they that trip would have taken three months to a year depending on how fast they would move so it was a long arduous trip and the Magi did not travel by themselves they were accompanied by armed bodyguards and then a full cavalry full army and then hundreds of servants if there was 12 of them there would have been over a thousand people in this congregation, this this journey. And so this was a powerful group of people. And so when they arrived at Jerusalem, Herod freaked out because Herod's first thought was, "Uh uh-oh, are they going to try to depose me, get rid of me. And they had the authority or the might, the muscle in that time to do it. And so he's troubled, the whole city's troubled because They know their king is a maniac, and if he loses his mind, they're all in jeopardy. Everyone's troubled in Jerusalem because they don't know what's going on. The world is always troubled when it doesn't know what God's doing. The world is always troubled when it doesn't know Jesus. The world is always troubled without the wisdom of God guiding their steps. Okay, so that's happening, and here comes these magi. Now, there's such a powerful historical context about who they were, and it goes all the way back to our great kingdom, our great godly prophet named Daniel. In Daniel chapter 2, the Bible says this about Daniel. Daniel two forty eight says, Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over all the province of Babylon, And the chief administrator over all the wise men, the Magi of Babylon. So Daniel interpreted dreams. The Bible said he had an excellent spirit. He could unravel mysteries and solve riddles. And he was a dream interpreter, which was one of the highest values of Magi. Of course, he saved all the Magi's life when he interpreted dreams. Daniel served for decades under four different kings. And so here's Daniel, who grew, who grew in so much prov- uh, he he grew in so much momentum and influence that the whole group, the culture of wise men in Babylon changed because one godly person came. I just want to stop there for a minute. One person can change a whole culture. One person. Come on. Oh, Pastor, the place I work at is so ungodly. Isn't it awesome you're there? One godly person walking under the inspiration of the wisdom of heaven can be a world changer, a history maker. And so this man, who was a slave, he was captured, taken unwillingly, involuntarily out of Israel into Babylon. And there, though, his gift became a bright shining light to that community so now his influence began to grow and grow and grow but here's what happened over time God promoted Daniel against all odds remember Daniel in the lion's den so many stories over a long period of time to be of the Magi in Babylon Daniel possessed such a godly influence that the Magi revered Daniel's faith his prophecies and the scriptures he treasured as a result Daniel's influence was felt in Babylon for centuries. Now, this would be centuries later, the Magi have come because they've not forgotten the prophecies of Daniel. Due to Daniel's influence, they believed and they were waiting for the Messiah, the world ruler, to be born that Daniel had prophesied about. Daniel's writings were considered sacred by Magi for hundreds of years. And were treated like treasures by this elite group. So Daniel's prophetic influence lived centuries past his own chronological life. I always want to say that again. Your godly influence as a man and woman of God will live past your physical death. It will live to your children and grandchildren. It will live to a culture that you've served and worked or ministered in. It's such an important point. So a couple of points, the Magi traveled in large caravans with many camels and other animals to carry possessions and precious cargo. They would include hundreds of servants, bodyguards, and soldiers accompanying them. So here comes this massive caravan, the Magi being the most important, but they all are part of a mission to follow that star. Just a couple simple points. God is so loving and caring for us, he speaks our sign language. So these are astronomers, these are studiers of the constellations, and God speaks to them through a star. Interesting, only the people looking for it saw it. Have you ever been in an environment where God's doing something, and you see it and other people don't? They, they miss it. Because they weren't looking for it, and so God speaks. I, uh, over the years, ministering to so many people it has been a joy to watch the Holy Spirit give a word to someone in their own kind of sign language. It's been. I, I was ministering in Spokane a couple of weeks ago, and I had a vision of a room filled with uh, trophies, hunting trophies. And I thought, what a strange! I'm praying for a guy. I see a room filled. With hunting trophies, the heads of animals from around the world, and I thought, what kind of prophecy is this? And he started laughing out loud. He's a world-renowned hunter, and his wife said, "Our whole house is covered like that." There's the Africa room, the Asia room. He's got his, all these animals. God knows how to open someone's heart with the right sign. I was I was walking. I was visiting our kids in Laguna Beach, and a. Young woman ran up to me, hey, Pastor, me, Pastor, me. I don't think I'd met her. She talked to me and asked me to pray for her. And I said, well, the only thing I feel for you is that I see see a beautiful sunflower. She fell on her knees and started weeping. Oh, oh my my gosh. Oh, I said, what's up? She says, that's my favorite flower. And today's my birthday. And it's like Jesus just gave me a flower for my birthday. It meant so much to her. And... God knows how to open a heart with a sign. So they see signs and they're following them. So when they, they, the interesting point there, I think the star obviously was first at Bethlehem. When Jesus moved, the star moved. The function of a sign is to point us to Jesus. The whole design of a heavenly sign is to lead us to Jesus. You with me? It's not to lead us to preachers or to people that have miracle ministries. It's to lead us to Jesus. That's what a sign is. And when Jesus moved, the sign moved. The star followed him and shone over the house. When the magi came to worship Jesus, the gifts they brought him were so numerous that it required many animals and servants to carry the cargo that overflowed with these treasures. So it would be important to note that the historical background of the Magi, when they went to places, they would honor a king. There was, you know, uh, uh, I suppose like today, you know, low-level kings, mid-level kings, and high kings. So Jesus was not just a high king. He's the highest king that would ever be born. And so when they would go to a place, they'd, Visited uh, Emperor Nero. They'd, they'd done all kinds of things over the years. They would bring a treasury of their wealth honoring the king. And so, some of the examples in the history of the Magi were they brought gifts that would be commensurate with the heavenly status of Christ. Of course, gold and silver and ivory creations, oriental carpets were probably a part of it, fabulous fabrics, goblets of gold and silver, items inlaid with precious stones, beautiful carved tusks, garments spun with gold thread, exotic perfumes from rare trees, rare spices, furniture overlaid with gold, unimaginably beautiful pieces of jewelry, precious and semi-precious stones, luxurious foods, all of that would be in this caravan. So, so there's Mary, she's doing the dishes. She's keeping her eye on little Jesus. Jesus, where are you? And so she's, you know, take your house. There's out in the, in the garage, the, the workshop, there's Joseph making a table. He's a master carpenter. And all of a sudden, a thousand person caravan shows up. You know, she looks out the window, Joseph, we have company. Who is it, dear? A thousand people from the east. Now, these men, they wouldn't have traveled. They would travel dressed uh, casually. But when they presented to Herod or to Jesus, they would put on their ornamental clothes. Clothes filled with jewels and crowns and all, representing who they really were. So here comes the king's. Said, we've come because a king has been born here and we've come to worship him. And when they saw him, these greatest men on the earth, the most wise, the most wealthy, when the moment they saw Jesus, they fell on their knees. They fell on their knees because he was no ordinary king. He was not a king in Rome or in Persia or in Babylon. He was the king of all kings. He was the promise of God. He was the Messiah of Israel. Come on. He was what they'd waited for for centuries. And they were the honored ones that got to receive and bless him. And so falling down, then they presented their gifts. And the Bible mentions these three things, gold, frankincense and myrrh well gold has always been the gift of kings the gift of kings and so that would be in every realm of all through society for almost all of human history gold has held that high value a gift for king and jesus is not just a king he's the king of all kings he's the oh don't make me don't make me help you Who's Jesus? He's the author of amazing grace. He's the author of your salvation. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Who's Jesus? He's the bright morning star. He's beautiful beyond comparison. He's the Christ of Calvary, the conqueror of sin, the comforter of the broken soul. The counselor, who's Jesus? He's the day star, the deliverer of the oppressed. David's branch, David's king. Who is Jesus? He's Emmanuel, God who is with us. Who is Jesus? He's the forgiver of our sins. He's favor incarnate. Who is Jesus? He is the good shepherd, the glory of God grace given to us in his in his life his gift who is jesus he's our hosanna he's our help he's our healer who's jesus he's the great i am the way truth, the life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door of the sheep. Who is Jesus? He's the justifier. He is joy. He's the savior of the world. Who is Jesus? He's the king of all kings, the lord of all lords, the lover of your soul, the Messiah of Israel, the mighty one of Israel, the name above all names, the only wise God. He's the one. Who is Jesus? He's the prince of peace, the power of God. Who is Jesus? Conqueror. Redeemer, Restorer, Savior, the truth, the truth. Understanding who is Jesus. I'm the vine, he said, you're the branches. We sang it, the voice of God is Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the word of truth, the word of grace, the word of life. Who is Jesus? The excellent one. Who is Jesus? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who is Jesus? He's the zeal of God. They bowed before him because they had a sense of who he was. And they weren't even born again. They saw in a shadow what we see clearly, who Jesus is. The second thing they brought him was frankincense, frankincense was A rare commodity, more expensive than gold. And frankincense is the gift for priests. In fact, at the temple in the tabernacle of Moses, frankincense was burned at the altar of incense. They would get years' supply of it and burn it. It would come in a solid form and then melt under heat. And then they brought him myrrh. Myrrh was a perfume... It was a medicine, and it was used for embalming. Myrrh was the gift for a Savior who would lay down his life for mankind. Their gifts prophesied who Christ was, the King of all kings, our glorious high priest, and our loving Savior who would die for my sin, taking my place, taking your place. I'm all done talking, our kids are going to come and sing. We have a couple songs. We're going to light some candles. But before I do, I'm just going to ask you to stay with me just for three more minutes. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads wherever you are? The greatest moment of a person's life on this planet is the moment that it is revealed to them who Jesus is. And they accept him as their Lord and their Savior. That is the defining moment of every person's life, the greatest decision you'll ever make. The most important thing in life is what you believe about Jesus. I want to say a prayer here in just 60 seconds. But if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says this in John 3, 16, God so loved the world, a sinful, lost, and broken world, that He gave us His only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life. never received Him. It's not about joining a church. It's not about being perfect. It's about receiving the grace and gift of Jesus, who forgives your sins. Maybe you're a Christian and you've just been away from God. What a great moment to come back. But I want to ask you, see, Pastor, I'm going to say a public prayer. You say, Pastor, please include me in that prayer because today I'm giving my heart to Jesus or I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm going to ask you, don't look around, just wave your hand at me. And we're going to pray that prayer right after this. You say, Pastor, please include me. I'm ready to come. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else, I, I'm lucky. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else this section? Yes, thank you guys, whole world, beautiful. Anyone else, say, Pastor, I'm ready to receive. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Team challenge in the house, God bless you guys. Church, I'm going to ask all of you, would you please pray this prayer with me? And for you that raised your hands, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but if you need to pray this prayer, just mean it. Would you please repeat after me, dear Jesus, today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I surrender to you. I turn away from my past. From this day forward, I will follow you. Amen. Come on. Let's people to pray that prayer. Let's thank God for that.